musing on the idea of setting someone on fire doesn't mean you really want to set them on fire. It's just the thought of it that makes you happy. Applause to that. Amen. Amen to that. That's how I control myself whenever I have a very aggressive thought about someone. You know, it's just a thought. It's not, it's no harm yeah. done, right? Yeah. Hey guys, Nina here. Hey, and I'm Anya. And today we'll finally be discussing some TV shows, okay? We've wanted to do this Ooh. forever, but like we've been reading, we've been into the books, so we just didn't get the time. And now we finally are like taking a break for a little bit from books and we're just mm -hmm. watching some TV shows and I can't, like, I couldn't be more excited about this. Same. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for this episode. I've been like, pestering you this whole week about all of those shows <laughs> I don't know like the second I've thought of my list I've just been insane like I've rewatched like one and a half of them I've been like watching a ton of YouTube clips I have extensive notes like <laughs> I'm just like this episode is going to be so fun and we're finally you know doing something different so I really hope that people take something away from this and maybe check some of those out or talk to us about those shows if they know them because since they're underrated it's kind of hard to find people who don't know them right exactly these shows are all in our opinion and not just our opinion like we've done our research we kind of googled and mm -hmm. looked at other people's opinions on social media and it seems that yeah mostly it is believed that they they are perceived as underrated and yeah, like we've mostly now just discussed books. We have one episode that's, you know, a yearly wrap up. And in that episode, we both summarize some TV shows that we also really like. But other than that, so far, this is the first episode that is dedicated solely to TV shows. And there are going to be more of these kinds of episodes. So stick around if you're into that. But yeah, so I guess I'll just start. Right, Anya? Yes. Since I have four TV shows, Anya has three to mention. And these are not like in any particular order, okay? Because it's been a while since I've watched all of these, so I can't really order them and say, okay, this one is my favorite and this one is the least favorite. It's very hard, so it's just random. But I'm going to start with the show that I have the least to say about. And it's not that I don't like it or anything, but this show, you have to go into it blind, okay? I'm just going to summarize it really just generally. But it, the thing is that it starts as one thing, but it ends up being something entirely different, you know? So I can't really say too much because you have to be surprised. Well, color me intrigued already. So <laughs> let, let me know more, please. Yeah, so it's the OA and you can mm. find it on Netflix. It's a Netflix original and like seriously, one of the best Netflix originals TV shows ever. It has two seasons and it pretty much follows a blind girl named Prairie and she goes missing. So the show basically starts in the present when she reappears seven years later. Now she's like in her 20s and she's not blind anymore. She sees now. What? Yes, so oh. it's pretty much, yeah, that's the mystery of it, right? 
Um, <laughs> so it's pretty much a mystery. It's sci-fi. It's fantasy. It's a lot of things. It's drama. And yeah, it basically has two storylines. We follow the present. Obviously, when Prairie reappears, the detectives, her family, they all want to figure out what the fuck happened. Where was she? But she mm-hmm. doesn't really tell them anything. They all assume it's because of trauma, of course. She says that she doesn't remember. But there's a lot of mystery going on there because... This show is really well done in the sense that you don't know whether Prairie is actually the good guy or the bad guy. You don't know if, like, she's dangerous, if she's delusional, if she's just intelligent. You know, you're kind of doubtful of the main character, you know? And it does that that really well. Yeah, exactly. And she's such an interesting character. The actress, by the way, the main character, she is actually the one that created this show. I love her so much, really. I was very impressed by her. And I've never seen her anywhere. So, yeah. Then the other storyline that we follow is the seven years ago, right? So we kind of see her life at that time and what even happens. You know, what's the reason for her disappearance? What happened to her? Where was she? So we find all of that out. And like I said, I can't speak, like I can't say too much, but I would recommend for you to watch the trailer because the trailer is well done. It doesn't reveal anything. It just kind of really grabs your attention. But I will say that this show is a weird TV show, okay? It's like one of those out-of-the-box TV shows. It's very unique. The vibe that it has even is different because with me, it was like I watched a trailer and I loved it. And then, you know, I started watching it. But the thing is that I stopped like in the middle of episode one. I wasn't hooked immediately at all. I was like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, I don't know. I wasn't intrigued by the vibe. So I kind of had a break from it. And then like one time I didn't know what to watch. And I was like, why wouldn't I continue this? And I started Googling and I went on Reddit and I actually, you know, posted something is it like this worth watching and really didn't grab my attention immediately and people were like texting me that yeah that it was the same with them but that you just have to keep watching because it's like it's one of those shows that you have to stick with it you know and like after episode one when when i finished episode one i was hooked so you just have to stick till the end of episode one you know at least in my case it Mm -hmm. was like so yeah that's like my advice for when you start watching or if you do And now another thing that's a problem with this show is that it was cancelled, okay? So it actually ends on a cliffhanger and I am one of those people, yeah, I'm one of those people (laughs) that hates cliffhangers, okay? You know me. I just need an ending, you know? I even hate those, Mm -hmm. you know when you have like TV shows or movies that the ending is kind of open, it's open to interpretation, right? Yeah, sort of those ambiguous endings, like you imagine your own thing. Exactly. I hate those too. You know, I'm the type of person that Mm. I need a specific ending. I don't know. That's just me. I mean, there are instances where I'm not like that, but rarely, you know. So, of course, I'm the last person who you would imagine recommending you a TV show with a cliffhanger, right? But I still do. I still do just because it's so different. I feel like everyone needs to see this. And I actually wrote down this here because like, I was writing my notes before and I just had this thought process. So it's one of those shows that stays with you and denies conventional expectations. So it's pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, some say, okay, if you don't like cliffhangers, maybe it's not for you. But at the same time, I feel like this is one of those shows that actually isn't about closure. I think that if it ended properly, it would still end in a way that would keep you guessing a little bit. You know what I mean? And you still hey, you uh-huh. get some answers. It's not like you don't get any answers. The thing is that you get yeah. the answers that you want from previous things, but a new 
question opens up. You know what I mean? That kind of a scenario. So yeah, it's not about closure. It's more about leaving your front door open and about contemplating the infinite unknown. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm not being very specific here. I know, but I don't want to be specific. I kind of wish you would say more though, because I have to know more. Now. Okay, what what like exactly would you want to know? Like a specific question, maybe. There was a mention of sci-fi and of fantasy, so I want to know. Like, do not go into the specifics, of course, but just <laughs> how much of those elements appear in it. Like, what what can I expect in this case? Because I love sci-fi, I love fantasy, so. Is it that kind of story? Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah. It kind of starts off as a mystery in the sense this girl was kidnapped. You know, what was Mm -hmm. happening to her? Was she tortured by a serial killer or whatever? That kind of a question. But it actually is a lot more science fiction-y than you would expect. It's science fiction entirely. Oh, cool. Yeah. But it doesn't start that way. You have no idea. It's like you would not see that coming. Okay, okay. And, you know, I'm happy to not learn more. Just the fact that it's going to be some sort of a plot twist in that direction. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I also love that the lead actress is also the writer. Like, I kind of love TV shows like that. Another one mm-hmm. that's, I mean, it's completely different. But It's Always Sunny is like one of my favorite comedies. And it's the same thing where, you know, the creatives are also the lead actors. And that's like so... You know, that's like fully your vision. That's like fully your product. And you're just like, you know, putting like all of yourself in it. And I think that's like so cool. So that's also intriguing me. The cliffhanger part is, of course, scaring me because. Yeah, I know. You know, I think we can both say that we've been traumatized by cliffhangers. That's going to come up on my list. (laughs) as well like I was debating (laughs) similar sort of (laughs) questions and thought processes for (laughs) sure so you know I am scared but if you say that it's worth it then like yeah maybe it's maybe it's worth it yeah you have to trust me on this and when I started watching the show I knew it was a cliffhanger and I feel like that kind of helped me a little bit because you know I was expecting it so of course when I came to the part I was like no I want to know more you know you can't do this to me but at the same time I wasn't that annoyed by it just because I knew and I kind of prepared myself for it mentally you know okay sure sure So I was just along for the ride yeah that helps knowing that helps I think yeah, and maybe is there anyone in the cast that maybe people would recognize from somewhere else? Um, or is it like a Yeah, yeah. I forgot the actor's name, but he's from Shadow and Bone. You haven't watched it, but he's Prince Nikolai in Shadow and Bone. So if you have watched oh. that show, you will know. And he's pretty familiar. I think he's been in some other movies and TV shows too. I think maybe Sex Education, maybe he was there. I'm not sure. But yeah, it doesn't have, I don't know what kind of a familiar cast recognizable. That's why I was also kind of skeptical because when I see familiar faces, you know, that like connects with of me even more. And of course I want to watch my favorite yeah. actors, right? But no, these these are very talented actors in the show and you'll not be like bothered by their performance or something at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love that. And, and another thing just about the characters, they're also really good. They 
are interesting individuals and like they connect into this group very well. You connect with them, you struggle with them, you suffer with them, you feel them, you know, you get emotionally attached to them. So that's another mm -hmm. thing that's really good about it. Of course, we all want that. At least for me, I'm the type of person, I think I care more about characters than the story itself. You know, I'm the type of person who is really interested in characters and in their journeys and their emotions more than the plot, you know? So I'm glad mm -hmm. that we have good characters, strong characters too. Okay, I love that. Yeah, and that's all I want to say for the show. I guess I'm just going to read some quotes for the end and that's it. Okay, so one, people who want power will always try to control those who truly possess it. I think that's very true. So I had to put it out there. It's not really a measure of mental health to be well adjusted in a society that's very sick. I think I, I've heard this one for sure. You that's have? from the show? Yeah, I think that's like I've seen it or read it. Oh my gosh, cool. And that's it. That's all for the show. I won't say anything more. So Anya, I guess the floor is yours now. Okay, I'll... We'll be checking the show out because I am intrigued because you revealed nothing except that it's good. So <laughs> I will have to. Okay. Yay! I'm happy about that. Oh, and before you start, I just want to mention another thing for the listeners. There will be no spoilers in this episode in general, but we will be kind of recapping the shows. So, you know, if you're the type of person who doesn't want to know anything then you know don't listen but it's like more of a trailer recap you know some things that you kind of find of course, out in the trailer yeah. anyways you know you're gonna find out here okay so yeah. yeah so okay i will start with my first pick uh, and we're sort of staying on the sci-fi team with this one so i'm so excited this first show is called pushing daisies and i would say it's honestly in like one of my top like 10 at least shows ever just like Ooh. all time damn yeah for sure and it's the kind of show that i sit down to rewatch like every couple of years so that enough time passes so i forget enough things so i can rewatch it and like re-experience it again damn. that's like on the list of those sort of shows and you know it's premiered in 2007 so it's been like 15 years since the show started even like a little bit more than 15 years now but still i feel like it holds up right now it would slay in the streaming era. It would work so well right now. It was ahead of its time. Like, it's insane that it went out on just like normal as television in 2007 because it's such a unique show with such stunning visuals and writing and concept and aesthetic and acting and writing that... <laughs> It holds up now, like everything about it holds up now, even like the effects. Of course, you can see that it's not like to the level that today's effects are done, but because mm -hmm. of its tone and its themes, it sort of still works because it's sort of like a fairy tale. Oh, yeah. It has like that sort of sense because it's set in a world that's supposedly just like our universe. But everything is just like slightly more whimsical and fun 
and delightful. Oh. Yeah, so like everything's so bright, like all of the sets are like, it's such a shame that this is an audio only podcast. Just go on our Instagram, we'll post something about it. But all the sets are sort of in this like vintage style. All the cars are vintage. Like the costuming is beautiful. Like everyone has like those bright vintage outfits. People have jobs like, I don't know, like a windmill keeper or like pop up bookmaker. <laughs> or like, I love you that. know. <laughs> yeah. So like everyone's sort of working those made up jobs from like fairy tales, you know? That's so interesting. For sure. It's different. It's so different. I've never found a show with a similar aesthetic and a similar atmosphere. So if anyone knows any, please let me know. Because like (laughs) nothing is hitting the same. Because this very beautiful, delightful, whimsical show is a murder mystery. It's a sci-fi murder mystery. Say that again. (laughs) Seriously. Perfect. Seriously, yeah, it's like a little fantastical fairy tale, but each episode we're solving a murder. That's that's what it is. That's what it's about. Oh, so each episode has like a different murder that needs to be solved in that kind of a way. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they just like keep killing each other. Like in this like <laughs> world, there's just like a fuck ton of murder. It's <laughs> the result. And you know, it's like wild to hit this balance between kindness and joy and love while also being about like some pretty dark, deep shit. And that's like the balance that the show is striking. Mm-hmm. Because our main character is Ned the Pie Maker. And he. Wait, Ned the Pie Maker? <laughs> Exactly. Guess Amazing. guess what he does? He, he makes yeah, pies. he makes ice. Hell yes. He has <laughs> a little bakery that's shaped like a pie and it's called the pie hole. So <laughs> This is ridiculous, but I love it. It's a vibe. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. And he from just like childhood has always loved pies and that's like his safe space, so he keeps making them and I just need to mention that he is played by Lee Pace, Tranduil from The Hobbit, Lee Pace, Guardians of the Galaxy, Lee Pace. Oh, oh, shit, really? I love that. Wait, how old was he there? Like, probably his late 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I assure you, he's very cute. <laughs> I love that. How have I not heard of this show? I know, I mean, it's pretty old, so that might be it. But so we have him, yeah, the pie maker. And he has a secret ability, and that is that when he touches dead people, they come back to life. Oh, okay. That's nice, but at the same time, that means that like every person that was murdered, he can just kind of bring them back to life, right? Well, that would be simple if there was no caveats. And... Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, if that's how it worked, of course, that would be great. But then there would be no grief and no trauma. But that's not how the show works. How it actually works is that he can bring anyone back to life just by touching them. But if they stay alive for longer than 60 seconds, then, you know, the universe has to keep a balance and all of that. And someone else in proximity has to die. Right. So they can stay alive for longer than 60 seconds. And also, 
when he touches them again, that's it. It reverses it and they die for real. So he only has 60 seconds. And if they stay alive any longer, someone else has to die. Shit. Okay. I mean, it makes sense, actually. Like, everything has a price, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. But, like, it didn't come with any instructions. It didn't come with a manual. So he just discovered it as a child. And the backstory is something I do not want to spoil. You find this out pretty much in the first episode. It's narrated beautifully, by the way. There's a narrator that adds to this whole storybook vibe. And we just, like, hear how his discovery of this power happened and what happened after, because he had to discover that someone dies. Are there like a lot of people that have abilities, special abilities in this world? Or is this like very rare? Just him. Just him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole world is a bit more whimsical and fantastical, so it doesn't Mm -hmm. kind of seem out of place. But yeah obviously he has some secrets that he's kept for a while and some traumatic shit that happened because of his ability and now what happened is someone else discovered this ability and that someone else was a private detective called emerson cod and well as you can imagine it's quite easy solving murders if you can bring a person back to life and ask them who killed that's that's like what i thought i was like he should work at the police or something you know just like bring them back for 60 seconds they can like interrogate them for real quick and but i assume that like when you bring back a person Mm -hmm. they're probably really traumatized by what happens so they're probably like not using those 60 seconds in a productive way Mm -hmm. they're probably just like hysterical Mm -hmm. and shit so i can assume that yeah even getting the answers out of them in those seconds isn't that easy because of that right totally like you're so on point and that's kind of what the premise of the show is because we still have a murder to solve in each episode so they get a clue but not enough yeah but not enough everything Mm -hmm. yeah but still like (laughs) emerson basically just cares about the money and getting you know good reputation that he's like a good detective so he basically drags ned along to everything to make his job easier basically Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we love emerson god he's actually like such a softie and he also has a great backstory so he just like pretends you know to be like i don't care i just want to be rich but that's like i get it i get it he he has a jessica vibe i wanted to say that okay you did okay (laughs) listen Listeners, this is like a character from Crescent City, from the Crescent City books. Since we've just finished them, it yeah. kind of came to mind. I love that. And so their side hustle goes well and good until one day the murder victim whose murder they're investigating is the lonely tourist Charlotte Charles. So Charlotte, she went on a cruise alone and she was murdered. And the second Ned found out about this, he actually realized that she's his childhood sweetheart that he hasn't Aww. seen in 20 years. Yeah. That's sad. Shit. It must be so difficult to see that and then you have to wake her up for like 60 seconds. Well. He probably wakes her up for longer, doesn't he? Yeah. <gasps> Shit. He does, doesn't he? Oh my God. <gasps> Yeah, I mean, but no way. Like, could you imagine? Yeah. Like, of course he can bring himself to do it. Of course. Of course. I mean, I think I would be selfish like that too. If someone I cared Mm -hmm. about died, I would be selfish. You Mm. know, like, who wouldn't? Of course, of course. That's the premise. She stays alive. That keeps her alive. 
And there's also something in the past that Ned doesn't really tell her yet, but I will not spoil too much. So that's all. But now they can never, ever touch again, because if they touch, she dies. Oh my god, I didn't think about that. <gasps> Shit, but wait, if she dies, if he touches her, and then like the other person that died because she survived, does that person come back to life? Nope, that's no. it. Oh, I thought like if he touches the person again, that he has to do it like in the 60 seconds. But when the 60 seconds pass, you know, his power doesn't work anymore either. Like if he touches them again after 60 seconds, they're like staying alive anyways. I didn't think like just in general. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it took some painful experiences to discover all of that. But now he knows and now she's back and... Yeah, they can just never, ever touch if she wants to stay alive. But that's difficult. I mean, he can, like, do it by accident. What if someone, like, just pushes him in her direction and he just, like, accidentally bumps into her shit, you know? I don't know. She probably dies again in the end. She probably does. Nope. (laughs) Don't feel bad spoiling that. That doesn't happen. Oh, oh, I just thought you were like, nope, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but never you're like, nope, it doesn't happen. No, no, it's a more happy show than this. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, but I don't know. It's this trope, you know, with Ned and Chuck. So her nickname is Chuck. And also in the Raven Cycle with Blue and Gansy, there's a similar thing. Like they can't kiss if they kiss, he dies. I don't know what it is about this trope, but like I, I just lose my mind. It's just, it's so good. It's so painful, but it's so good. Oh my gosh. And you can imagine the chemistry between the actors is so good because like you see how in love they are. You believe that they're like perfect for each other and made for each other. Just like from how fantastic they just work together and the writing and the chemistry. It's so good. But yeah, and also so sad, but also so romantic. Oh my gosh, I can't. I love them. I mean, it's definitely like, yeah, romantic in kind of a sad way for sure. But at the same time, that's why I, for example, prefer storylines that have like enemies to lovers plots, for example, because those characters, they also don't do anything. They just hate each other and shit, but they have the potential to actually touch each other and do something like these two. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for a fact that they will never do that. You know, they will never kiss, for example. It can't happen. So... That's why it takes away that pleasure aspect for me, because it's like, well, shit, you know, they have the chemistry, they have the tension, but they can never Mm -hmm. actually come together. And that's what just sucks. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, it drives me crazy, sometimes in a negative way, you know what I mean? But I get the Mm -hmm. appeal for sure, especially if the characters have good chemistry. That's like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, they totally have good chemistry and they kiss through like plastic wrap, you know, for baking. So like they kiss like that. Okay, so they found a way a little bit. Okay, okay. That works, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, they hold hands in gloves and stuff, you know, or like dancing like beekeeping suits because Chuck keeps bees, so she loves bees. So it's sort of little things like that that are just like so romantic but of course also tragic but of course the show is also deeply about love and it combines those themes so well because you know you have this like grief and sadness and longing for someone you love but there's also so much romance and so much love and so much light and happiness in it like because 
Ned's life was sort of, you know, very sheltered before Charlotte came in. Like, he baked pies and raised the dead, and that was his life. And then when Charlotte came back into his life, it's like his whole world changed. Like, he was happy again. Like, she brought that life, that happiness. So So he never stopped loving her. No, and she never stopped loving him. And why did they break up then? Can you tell us that, or is that like a spoiler? Yeah, I mean, they were 10, so they were like childhood sweethearts. Oh, oh, shit. I imagine they're more like high school sweethearts, not like childhood. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, Ned had to move away to boarding school. His dad basically dropped him off at boarding school and left forever. Yeah, and like they just like never had a chance to see each other again. Not while Chuck was alive, basically. Yeah. I get that. But yeah, now I hope I'm not making it sound too sad because it's definitely also quite funny and quite like just positive. So I don't know, like I love those sort of like bittersweet shows, those sort of stories. And we talked about Ned, the pie maker. We talked about Chuck. We talked about Emerson and also Emerson has to deal with their bullshit constantly. And it's so funny because they're just like... just like having like problems or conversation he's like why do i have to be here for this yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i can imagine that he's the comedic relief right yeah for sure do you know how my head works when you tell me things i have to imagine them stop telling me what you to do together <laughs> <laughs> yeah that can be cringe for sure the third wheel <laughs> no no it's fun it's fun he loves them he definitely loves them. You can tell, you know. And then we also have Olive Snook, who works at the pie hole. She is the waitress. And you probably don't know this actress. She's played by Kristen Chenoweth. So for us, that doesn't like really say a lot because we're not musical theater girlies. But she's huge on Broadway. She's oh. like in that role. She's a huge star. And she is so talented and you can tell that she's insanely talented. She's so great in this role. Like she's so charming and she's so funny and she just like brings so much like character into this role, which could have been like kind of unlikable because she has like an unrequited crush on Ned, but of course who wouldn't, but yeah, so like she's struggling with that. She's struggling with like this new girl arriving and she's like super strange and no one would tell her anything. But still, like you love Olive because of how fantastic this actress is. She just like makes her so likable and she's so tiny and adorable, but mm-hmm. you can tell that she can cut a bitch if she needs to, you know? Oh, I don't love characters. I like, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. The cast is just great and there's also a cute dog named digby who is adorable oh, so okay if there's a dog i'm in i'm in you sold <laughs> it now i i already was convinced to watch it but now for sure <laughs> okay i love that yeah this show just makes me so happy I mean, I already said about the writing that it's so good, but like, I just want to reiterate it a little bit because we both have the narration that's a bit more of a storybook sort of vibe, telling you all the mm-hmm. backstories, all the like the murder case details. 
but also the dialogue is written so well. It's like so clever and so fast-paced and like jokes are just happening, but also like really like deep and sweet moments are happening and it's just so good that I have to like point it out because you know on this fourth rewatch or whatever I'm doing like I'm really paying attention to the writing and it's just like fucking great like things are rhyming things are like alliterating you have all those little parts like it's just great I'll be reading some quotes so Mm -hmm. you will know but yeah as I said It's quite an old show. It's from 2007 and it's got two seasons because sadly it was a victim of the writer's strike. Like not the latest one, but the one before. I remember, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they did have a chance to still finish it, bring it to like a end that Mm -hmm. I would say it's satisfying. Like you can tell that it got a bit rushed, like... It's probably been planned to go on for longer, but, you know, Brian Fuller just had to finish it a bit quickly. So in the tail end of season two, I would say it was a bit rushed, but still it got a conclusion. It's got a good story. And I would, you know, still recommend it for people because I feel like it still holds up even in today's sort of standard, I would say, of TV shows. And yeah, like, the cast went on to do like pretty big projects so it's still like getting people to come in and to come watch it so it's sort of like got this little cult following mm-hmm. you know I already said about Lee about Kristen also Brian Fuller you know he went on to make Cannibal and American Gods and Star Trek TV shows so he's like made so quite huge projects after Pushing Daisies you know That's amazing. I mean, it seems that this TV show was kind of like a jumping point for them in their careers, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Like, Lee Pace said that the Hobbit director actually found him through watching Pushing Daisies. So, you know, for sure that was part of it. Do you have anything else to say or can I move on to reading 3 million quotes? I just want to say that it sounds interesting. It sounds like right up my alley. And I think I will be checking it out. You know, TV shows that are kind of a bit older do scare me sometimes. Just because, you know, especially if they are science fiction because of the effects and everything. That can kind of annoy me if they're not done well. But I remember like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, for example. I really didn't want to watch that show either because it was so old. And the vampires, they looked super stupid and everything. But it was still a really good story, and once I started, I was hooked. So I don't see why I couldn't be hooked by this one. Awesome. Yeah, I see what you mean. But yeah, for this one, you kind of already have to suspend your disbelief a little bit because of just the world and the setting is already sort of outlandish, just like a tiny bit outlandish. So when special effects also look like a bit cartoony, it's kind of sort of part of it. And I think that was so clever. Like it's the same sort of with costuming, with set design. It's all sort of set apart in this sort of like vintage out of time way that Mm -hmm. it could have been done at any time and still like work. And that was such a clever, I think, decision. That's clever. That's smart. Yeah, awesome. So... I just have like a shit ton of quotes, if you'll excuse me, we'll be deleting (laughs) half of them, but you'll have to listen to me. So this is what Ned said about bringing Chuck back. I was being selfish. I'd love to tell myself I was unselfish, but I know deep down in my primal spot, I was being unselfish for selfish reasons. I just thought my world would be a better place if you were in it. Cute. 
Yeah. Okay. Everything we do is a choice. Oatmeal or cereal. Highway or side streets. Kiss her or keep her. We make choices and we live with the consequences. If someone gets hurt along the way, we ask for forgiveness. It's the best anyone can do. That's so true. Yeah, we... Yeah, sometimes we mess up, we choose things and we have to live with them and we have to own up to them, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a huge part of that too. I mean, there's this like big ethical questions about, you know, bringing someone back to life, being the one who chooses, who lives and who dies. It's like quite heavy, sort of. Yeah, um, it's playing a god in a way. For sure, yeah. And I love the way it's presented in the show. So, okay, the truth is there are a lot of people like you, us with strange hobbies or talents or gifts that we try to hide because we're afraid that it makes us seem weird or turns people off. But that's a mistake. What makes me unique has brought every person I love into my life. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. Oh, I love that because that's so true. Being unique is a good thing. And I feel like people most of the time, and especially in this time that we live in, are afraid of their uniqueness and of their weirdness in a way. But no, being weird and being unique, that's such a good thing. It's a positive thing. And I wish mm-hmm. more people were aware of that and embraced it instead of, you know, running away from it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I love that too. So that's like such a great message to send. Yeah. And I actually I actually have a quote that says there is freedom and not belonging, you know, and that's how I felt most mm-hmm. of my life. So this quote resonates with me deeply. And thank you oh. for reading it. Oh, I love it. Then I hope you will love what the show stands for. Okay, then this one is from Emerson Codd. Well, who died instead, Ned? It's a random proximity thing. Bitch, I was in proximity. <laughs> Good point. That's what I wanted to say before. Like, what if someone that's close to you dies? You know, like, what the fuck? What if your friend dies or your family member or someone that's next to you? I mean, the fuck? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, this one makes me quite happy. Is by Chuck. I woke to the smell of toast and eggs drifting through a sun-dappled curtain, and I thought how lucky I am to be alive in a world with sun-dappled anything. Oh, the little things in life, man. The little things in life. That's Mm -hmm. what this quote's about, and amen to that. This show has some really deep quotes. I'm very positively surprised by it. I mean, I know you said that it's written really well, but they've resonated with me. I love them. (laughs) Okay, I love it. Okay, wait, just, just one more from Olive so more. that we have something from Olive. Okay, sorry. Okay, it's fine. Okay, cool. Musing on the idea of setting someone on fire doesn't mean you really want to set them on fire. It's just the thought of it that makes you happy. <laughs> <laughs> Applause to that. Amen. Amen to that. That's how I control myself whenever I have a very aggressive thought about someone. You know, it's just no harm done right (laughs) for a second and then you feel bad but that second will be a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) okay i think i'm ready to move on now (laughs) sure you sure for sure (laughs) yeah yeah oh my god (laughs) okay it's a good one i i think i will watch it i still can't believe i never heard of it but I mean, you know, I have like Googled in the past some underrated shows, sci-fi and stuff, and I've never like mm-hmm. seen this. I'm convinced of that. But yeah, thank you. Yay. Okay. So 
the next show on my list is, you know, I've said before that I don't like rate them. I can't say which one's my favorite out of all of these. But I think that this one is my favorite out of all of these, just because when I was making notes for it, I was not excited about any of the shows as much as I was about this one. So I love it. It's Black Sails. So <gasps> Okay, let's go. You've heard of this one, right? I've heard of it, and then, like, I remember, I kept thinking for months, oh, I have to check out this, this show that I keep hearing, and then then I forgot. So I'm really excited now to hear about Yay. it, because it's definitely on my list. Yay. Okay, yeah, so it's kind of a, a historical adventure action drama. It's based mm-hmm. on some true events that happened, but it's also a fiction mixed with reality right and it's actually a prequel to robert lewis stevenson's novel from 1883 treasure island yeah so it's basically like set 20 years prior to the novel and it follows captain flint and his pirates so yeah it's pretty much like a pirate tv show like if you love pirates of the caribbean you're gonna love this because it's so good but brutal and if you love game of thrones for example you're gonna love this because this is like even better than Game of Thrones, in my opinion. And it's kind of like Game of Thrones because of the action scenes and because of the mm-hmm. aggression, in a way. You know, you have a lot of, like, aggressive scenes, aggressive plot lines. For example, a woman is raped and you see that, you know? It's, like, very... You can see that shit. It's visual. It kind of can traumatize you a little bit, but it's so well done. Fuck. Yeah. It's very realistic, you know? It doesn't hide away from that those ugly parts of the world and people and stuff it has four seasons and thankfully this one doesn't end on a cliffhanger it has a proper ending but all i will say is that i'm afraid of re-watching the show just because it stuck with me forever after i finished it i kept thinking about it months after i finished it i kept like promoting it on my tiktok i was like posting so many videos about it just convincing people to watch it <laughs> and I did not expect this because my expectations going into this was that I was going to get a lot of explosions and a lot of nudity, okay? Because that's what I kind of knew about it, you know? The trailer is done really well, but I saw there's a lot of action, a lot of explosions. It seems like a fast-paced TV show and not... Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was any deeper than that, right? I just wanted something to turn Mm -hmm. my brain off. But no, it's so much deeper because what you get is like a heartbreaking philosophical series that deals with myths and legends. It deals with stories, the ones that we tell ourselves and the nature of humanity. So I love that. Yes, yes, you should love it. It's like so complex, so fucking complex. Seriously, the people in this TV show are like outsiders. They live like in a difficult time period, but this time period just happens Mm -hmm. to have piracy. You know, it is about pirates, but it pretty much sends the message of how, you know, reality and the future is pretty much set by the winners you know nothing is black and white pirates aren't just evil barbarians you know what i mean and what you can see in the story is that the pirates and the people of nassau so it happens on nassau in the caribbeans aren't Mm -hmm. as monstrous as they would seem and the civilization is less civilized that it would like to think you know so it's like you root for the pirates you see the corruption and it's so Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. and 
the characters are so complex because you love to hate them, you hate to love them, you can't entirely hate them, you can't entirely love them, and yet everything that they do, you understand. Because, you know, it follows the pirates, but it also follows the questions of, for example, being a woman in that time and being a man at that time, and what difference does it make? And what's it like being a black woman, for example, and not a white one, you know? stuff like that and you also explore these lgbtq communities and like what's it like being gay in that time period so it pretty much has everything Mm -hmm. it's so much deeper than you would think and you really think about it and yeah i love that i'm just sitting here with my mouth open i know i know but Uh also the pirates in this tv show some of them are made up but some of them are also real for example blackbeard Mm. He was a real pirate, you know, and a few others. Anne Bonnie, Benjamin Horingold, Jack Rackham, Charles Vane, Ned Lowe, Israel Hands, and Blackbeard. So they were all actually real life pirates. And my favorite one was Charles Wayne in this TV show. So Charles Wayne, he starts off as a really brutal ass, this whole pirate. You know, he's the most awful one. And you're like, mm-hmm. I hate this dude. But you just can't hate him because he's he's like he's definitely an asshole and he's definitely you know brutal and he's a very strong fighter he's a killer but at the same time he's so honest and so real he never bullshits around you know what you see is what you get with him yeah sure he's a killer but you know what you're in for with him (laughs) because then on the other hand Mm -hmm. you know you have pirates that are very good at manipulating and like of presenting themselves Mm -hmm. as these like i'm not that bad but in reality they'll stab you in the back but you know Charles Vane, he will stab you in the front. You know what I mean? And that's always better. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so, because none of them is good. They're all killers. But at least he's honest about it. He doesn't pretend. He doesn't fake it. So, Charles Vane, he's so amazing. And there's, like, also this love story in this show that isn't romanticized. You know, it's kind of like a love story that's pretty toxic. But you know it's toxic. They know it's toxic. It's not made up into this, oh, it's toxic. But, you know, it's so beautiful you know what i mean i love it still yeah yes and it's difficult because you see the characters they they do care for Mm -hmm. each other but just the time and place that they're put in and the roles that they have in society are just so different that they just clash even though they care you know and they just can't work and i'm getting goosebumps right now and it's so good anya oh my gosh that would be so like traumatizing to watch like i know i know if you know that like they love each other and then they get off yeah i would emotional damage you know yeah emotional damage for sure and you have two camps by the way about this tv show you have like the camp that is really a big fan of charles vane and like they see him the way i see him you know for the real real asshole that he is but on the other hand you have a captain flint camp captain flint he's the main character of this show and he's an interesting one and i love him too but they kind of clash these two characters they're kind of against each other but i'm more Mm -hmm. on the side of charles vane than i am on captain flint's but Flint, he's also such an intriguing character. He's so good. And his, like, story, his background. In the show, you also get, like, background stories. You know, you find out more about Captain Flint and how he became the person that he is today and stuff like that. And he has such an interesting background. You wouldn't expect it. And it's so good. And yeah, Flint, he knows how to speak to people. He knows how to get what he wants. He knows to say the Uh right words. Shit like that. And there's another pirate that's similar to him in that sense. John Silver. Long John Silver. I think he was like 
mentioned in a lot of TV shows and movies that had pirates in them because this name is so familiar to me. And I think he was a main character in the Treasure Island book or at least one of the important characters. And he's the one that's the best at manipulating. That's why he's John Silver, you know, Silver Tongue. Like he just knows. Okay, yeah. And he's very charismatic. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the cast in this TV show is also really, really good. I don't know if like I can give you examples right now of where they've been, but Mm -hmm. maybe you know them by name. So as Flint, Toby Stevens, then as Eleanor, Hannah New, as Long John Silver, you have Luke Arnold, Jessica Parker Kennedy as Max, Tom Hopper as William Billy Bones, Zach McGovern as Charles Vane, the one that I love, and Zach McGovern, he's a part of the 100, if anyone knows that show. Flint, he's a very well-known actor. He was in Lost in Space. Do you know Lost in Space? Nope. Anyways, Lost in Space, if you guys watched, he was the father. And in Percy Jackson. He was in Percy Jackson. He's in oh, the shit. new show. I still have to watch it. Okay. Me yeah. too. Me too. Same. Anyways, such a good show. The love story that I mentioned mm-hmm. is amazing, but it's heartbreaking. Like, you have to expect the sad ending. And I'm sorry, that's a bit of a spoiler. But, like, it's not really a spoiler because you can see from the beginning where it's going. And another thing I just want to say, I love a female character from the start in this show that is, like, very powerful you know it's difficult to be a woman in that time era but she handles Mm -hmm. herself really well but I ended up hating her actually yeah I ended up hating her because she does something that I will never forgive and that's why I cannot rewatch the show because I know what happens and I will never forgive that that's all I will say about that girl and just another thing about the love story the characters that are in the romance they have such good chemistry sexual tension is off the charts and like i watched so many little clips that the fans made on youtube you know mm-hmm. just for the two of them you mm-hmm. know that they made like fan art and stuff <gasps> so good yeah so good of their moments together it's so it's so tragic all of the clips are tragic but it's so good the, okay i need to then emotionally prepare myself for that because it seems that's like why i'm telling you all of this yeah okay yeah yeah for sure, yeah, but it sounds so interesting. And of course, like, if it's a show about pirates, I expect those people to not be, you know, perfectly nice. Like, I expect them to be, like, fucking assholes. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah it sounds so interesting. Like, it's sort of see, like, where you're coming from, that you love people who are, like, real. And if they're an asshole, like, at least they're upfront about it. I agree with you there. But also... It's sort of interesting to watch characters who are like good at manipulation and are good at being two-faced bitches. So I feel yeah. like I would still enjoy like that character, you know, the other one. Maybe I love to hate him. Like that sort of sounds still like very, very interesting. I enjoy all of them. I enjoy all of them for sure. This one mm-hmm. is just the one that I personally like like the most. But that's just me. But I completely understand Mm -hmm. the ones that love Flint, for example, because he's amazing too. And his story is so interesting. And I just want to read a quote from Collider about the show. So it says that it's ahead of its time. The map it laid out would lead to many similar elements playing out in shows that would soon follow, like Game of Thrones and The Witcher. So yeah, this show was made, I think, before Game of Thrones. And like, if you love Game of Thrones, you're going to love this. I'm positive about it. Yeah. So it kind of like set the scene for yes. sort of the trend that happened afterward. Okay, exactly. That's awesome. And it's just so, so annoying that everyone knows Game of Thrones and no one knows this. It's so sad. Damn. Okay. Well, now more people know about it. The yes. three people who are still tuned in now. So we exactly. appreciate that. 
Thank God for that. Okay, so do you have any questions or can I just read the quotes now? So how many... Se- okay, four seasons. Mm-hmm. Good ending. Better ending than Game of Thrones, I imagine. No, let's move on to quotes. Okay. Okay, so this is something that Charles Vane says, my favorite pirate ever. Mm-hmm. Also, he's super sexy. So, there is a place not far from here where strong men live lives of pleasure, not labor. A place where you could be feared and respected once again. Follow me and I will show you what life is. And he's okay. just so... He has really good speeches, by the way, Charles Vane. Like, he's not a manipulator, but he's so direct and real. He just says what he says. Mm-hmm. And every statement that he states is so powerful you know people want to follow him because he's just he's like this big warrior you know he's he has the long hair he has the muscles he's tall you know he has that vibe that i am Mm -hmm. a beast vibe you know and when he says something like this you're just like i'll go wherever you say you know just take me (laughs) oh Um, i love that (laughs) yes like the the cast is really good they casted the perfect actors okay another one from him I came into this world screaming and covered in someone else's blood. And let me tell you, I'm not afraid to leave it the same way. Fuck yes. <laughs> I think Fuck I've heard yes. that too. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm not surprised because it's a good one. And this one mm-hmm. is from Captain James Flint. So from the main character. They paint the world full of shadows and tell their children to stay close to the light. Their light. Their reasons. Their judgments. Because in the darkness, there will be dragons. But it isn't true. In the darkness, there is discovery, possibility, freedom. Oh, cool. He, he's, you know, he's yeah. that type of philosophical character. He really wants to change the world and he wants to mm-hmm. free the people, set them free, you know, change the system, equality, yeah. you know, he's that. And like I said, he may be a manipulator, but he does everything that he does with good intentions. You know what I mean? So he's good. You know what I mean? He's not a bad person. It's just that kind of the world maybe made him a little bit bad. So... You resonate with that guy too. Like, now that I'm talking about Flint, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love him too. You know, you can't... <laughs> I don't know. But they all make questionable decisions yeah. too, so at the same time, you hate them. Like like I said before. Okay, yeah. Okay. I might love him. Yes, we'll you see, will. Yeah. I think you'll love Flint. I think you'll prefer Flint to Charles, I think. So I think you won't agree with me. But it's fine. It's fine because I love him mm-hmm. too. Okay. I just hope that like you'll see appeal of Charles, you know, even if you don't like okay. him as much as I do. Okay, okay another cool. quote from Charles. Life is short, sail fast, die young, leave a sexy corpse. That's one of my mottos. <laughs> leave a sexy corpse, and that's, that's why we live. <laughs> that's a daily affirmation, you know. For sure. I will put that in my like Insta caption one day for real. Why not? It's a good yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. And another one from James Flint. So. The empire survives in part because we believe its survival to be inevitable. It isn't. And they know that. That's why they're so terrified of you and I. Oh, I think he actually says this to Charles. And it's so good. Because, like, if you know anything about history, you know how the story of the pirate rebellion in Nassau ended. So, you know, that's all I'm going to say for this TV show. But, like, mm-hmm. seriously, it's such a good historical, like, drama period type of situation. It's so good. And everything is filmed really well. It's so beautiful in Nassau, you know, in the Caribbean. The set is so amazing. The vibe, the pirate aesthetic, it's it's so good. Everything about it is so good. Like, it couldn't have been done better. 
Okay, yeah, the way you're describing it, it sounds awesome. It's sort of reminding me of another one I've heard about. I think Our Flag Means Death is also about pirates. So there's like two shows about pirates now that I want to check out that I've heard a lot of good things from. This so one first, please. I do. Yeah, sure. Sounds awesome. Thanks for, for telling us about it. You're cool. welcome. Yay. Yay. Okay, so shall I move on to my next pick? Yes. Okay. Cool. So this one will be a little bit of a 180 from <laughs> Nina's. This one has also a bit of a historical context in it. So maybe this is a parallel I can draw, even though it pains me a little bit to call the 90s historical context because ah! we're not that old, you know? <laughs> oh no, don't say that. It breaks my heart. <laughs> I know, right? Like, no, it still happened like 10 years ago. It's fine. So, <laughs> yeah, but the TV show I am choosing is called Dairy Girls. Oh, so... I've heard of that one, yes. Okay, awesome. I mean... From the shows that I'm choosing, this is like the one that's the most beloved, that's the most popular. But even so, like I feel like in the world of like high school comedies, because this is technically a high school comedy, it's not rated high enough. It deserves more than it is getting. So I, of course, want to hype it up a little bit more because for me, I think it's my favorite high school comedy, drama, whatever ever so okay nice yay so yeah like as i said this show has a bit of a historical setting it's set in Derry in northern ireland in the 90s so i mean we went to high school together you can confirm that we learned basically zero about Irish history in our high school. I mean, for sure, for some of you, this won't be anything new at all, but it was basically mm -hmm. the time of the Troubles, which was a violent conflict that sort of went on from the 60s to basically the end of the 90s. And there were different groups. Some groups wanted the Northern Ireland to join the Kingdom of Ireland, and some wanted it to be part of the United Kingdom. So it was a time of, you know, street fighting, bombings, attacks. It's kind Not of, to yeah. brag, but I actually know a little bit about this history of Ireland because I like history. So I actually know something, but keep on going. Awesome. Yeah, this TV show is set during this time of conflict. But like I said, this is a setting, but the TV show itself is a high school comedy. And it's essentially about just being a teenage girl in that time and like growing up and going to school and doing some stupid bullshit like that is what's happening like those people are still like living their lives and they're still you know being teenagers and that is just portrayed so well i feel like no show portrays teenagers as well as this one does i think this is the effort of the creator lisa mcgee i so hope i'm pronouncing her last name correctly but you can so tell that this show is basically a love letter to like the place where she grew up yeah. and the time where she grew up. I love it. Yeah. Like no one who didn't live this life could have written it. You can just like tell that there's tiny details that 
definitely come from just like her, you know, family life and how she hung out with friends and the adventures they got up to and how her school was and how her headmaster was and how her teachers were. Like you can just absolutely see all of that in the atmosphere and that makes it so real. And that again is such a hard balance to strike where it is so hyper-specific to someone's actual life experience while also being relatable. Like, I feel like I've known people like that. Like, I've had teachers like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you Mm -hmm. see, like, the family of the main characters, and I'm like, yeah, like, I have an aunt that's kind of like, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) it's so relatable. And kind of, yeah, reminds me of my childhood, like, my school. It's nostalgic. Yeah, it's sort of nostalgic, and the soundtrack helps with that too. It's like just like all the '90s bangers, you know. It's got such good songs in oh there. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! You I know? love '90s music. Yeah, so you will love that. And like I've said, those are like I feel like the most realistic and relatable teenagers ever. Like in all other shows, I feel like teenagers. First of all, they look like twenty-seven-year-olds with fake lashes on. They just <laughs> don't look like they belong. <laughs> in a high school but then all the stories it's either like super edgy and it's just like unrelatable or like it's so like romanticized and everyone's looking perfect having like designer clothes and speaking like the 27 year old speak and that's also not relatable or they act too much like kids like it's something among those lines and never like what it's actually like and I feel like this show sort of nails what it's actually like they all look like they've slept for like four hours and are like struggling to be alive and that's like you feel that you know i hate it in some like tv shows high school based when the girl wakes up and she has to go to class and she slept for an hour and she has like her makeup done and her hair looks so pretty and i'm like (laughs) that's not realistic and i hate it but you know it's you know, it's a TV show, but at the same time, these kinds of TV shows, they're made so that you can, like, relate to them, right? And that aspect yeah. matters, too. So I definitely appreciate this. Okay, awesome. That's, yeah, a big part of it. Like, they rewear outfits, you know, they don't have perfect makeup. It seems like the makeup that you would do, you know, as a teen. And they, like, all look young. I mean, the cast, I think, was in their 20s while they were filming, but just, like, the way they styled them, makeup, hair, whatever, they still, like, look young. And also, they're Mm -hmm. fantastic actors. So, the way they act, like, you feel like they're teenagers. And the writing and acting of the show, like, really pulls it off. Even if you don't like, usually, you know, high school shows, I feel like this show is different because this show, like, gets it. In this show... They're all, like, stupid, but in such an accurate way. Like, they're stupid in a way that you can only be when you're 16, and you somehow both have no power and no control over your life, but also you're invincible and the most important person on the planet. Like, that's how it feels like when you're 16. And it manages that, because they all make such dumbass decisions but it's nothing like a euphoria way when, you know, it's all like glamorized. No, they're just 16. I don't know. They would set something on fire on accident. <laughs> or like, you know. 
they were like looking for jobs in one episode and they had a bulletin board for jobs and instead of taking all the notices down they just like stole the board (laughs) (laughs) so like the situations are sort of ridiculous but at the same time still relatable and realistic and the writing is so good because the episodes are just like 20 something minutes but they're like so fast paced and with such good comedic timing and you really you cannot predict how the episode will end like you start watching it you will have no idea how the episode will end and like i'm telling you all of this because like i know you're not a sitcom enjoyer let's just say yeah. like all of those like laugh track you know friends sort of tv shows you don't love them so i'm just telling you that this is more of a situational based comedy where the humor comes from just the writing and the performances i like that great yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i don't i really don't like it when people are laughing in the background that kind of just takes me out of it you know yeah i like that Okay, awesome. Because, yeah, it's not that type of a TV show. It's just, like, the characterization, I guess, of the characters is so good. And the situations are so good. And sort of you can, like, tell that, again, it's sort of pulling from real life and real life situations and real life people. And that's what makes it funny. But still, like, in a kind way, if Mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying. So I will, like, go a little bit into describing the characters now. Because we got this gang of those Derry girls. So our main character, her name is Erin, and she is the main character, but also I feel like in her head, she fully believes she's starring in like a coming of age memoir about like this beautiful artistic girl living in this time of conflict. Like you can just tell she's so pretentious. (laughs) and so oh dramatic and so like romanticizing her own life but again I love that (laughs) (laughs) that's what I I was doing I still do sometimes exactly (laughs) like yeah like of course she's also like a writer she gives a diary she's like very like creative and artistic I love that like I love her I love her too. And also the fact that you mentioned that she's dramatic, like I'm dramatic too. So she kind of reminds me a bit of me, but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like I have similarities with like almost all of them. Like that's so cool. Yeah. But for sure, I think she's also great because you know how usually you get main characters in those sort of TV shows who basically just have zero personality. They're just like exist and things just happen to them. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the writers they just like want someone who's universally relatable and universally likable so as much you know high schoolers as possible can just like relate to this person and keep watching and what i really love about this one is that erin feels like a real person she's not perfect she's like you know has flaws she makes stupid decisions sometimes she's not always nice but she's still like kind and she's still you know, she's still very relatable, but at the same time, she's not perfect. And I love that, you know, they actually gave her a personality and that really made it refreshing for me. So then the next character in this gang is Michelle. And Michelle is the one who gets them into all of the shenanigans. She's like (laughs) the firecracker, like the... Troublemaker. Intense sort of... 
yeah, she's totally the troublemaker. She's so awesome. Like, I love her. You know, she'd like bring vodka to a concert or like, <laughs> I love that. To, like a funeral. <laughs> like, she does shit like that. <laughs> and she has. She has zero fucks to give. Like, she doesn't think about consequences at all. I can, I can and, see uh, myself in her, too. I think I'll be just like you. I'll probably <laughs> see myself a bit in everyone. Oh, yeah. Like, I love that. And she's the one who's, like, totally convinced that all the boys are into her. It's yeah. awesome. Like, I love that. <laughs> you know? And, like, she sort of shows all the love and affection by teasing but like you can tell that she's doing it out of love so she has a bit of like that tough exterior you know that wall but you can tell like underneath all this like party girl like there's something hiding but yeah i love her and obviously she cares a lot about everyone yeah i like that yeah and then we have a character who's sort of the opposite of her and her name is claire and she's basically worried about everything and everyone at all times she's the one who's like stressing out over like every test she's the one who like can't stop thinking about the consequences of everything that like michelle is dragging them into you know again relatable yeah yeah Yeah. but no but she's like the one who is actually like super sweet and super empathetic and like actually like a kind and nice person but like Mm -hmm. she's just like a bit neurotic which again i love all of those characters and they're all sort of real and also claire from derby girls is penelope featherington Oh, she's that one. She's this one. Okay, I like that. I can definitely see her as that kind of a character, yeah. Yeah, and then Erin also has a cousin, and her cousin's name is Orla. And Orla is kind of, you know, like the Luna Lovegood, Phoebe Buffet, Cat Valentine. Love that. So she's the odd one. Yeah, she's like the odd one. She's like the lovable, weirdo sort of a character. She's like sort of in her own world all the time. She's like daydreaming. She's having, you know, her own little world, I would say. So like, yeah, she's so funny and she's so lovable. And again, I can sort of also relate to just like daydreaming all the time and like being on like my own wave, I guess. (laughs) So she brings that into it. And again, the actress is awesome. She makes her so funny. And like all of her one-liners are just hilarious. So pay attention to that. And as I said, Erin and Earl are our cousins. So we also meet their family. You know, a lot of it is set in their like family home. And the family is like also like so iconic. It's so well written, you know. Erin's parents are like just like relatable like i know people like that right and uh, on sarah is like the most iconic character or like one of the most iconic characters in the show like you can tell why is she is. <laughs> like she is also so fun and awesome so yeah i love the whole family aspect of this series it's also so great that we have that and the last character in this group is actually Michelle's cousin, James. And James yeah. is a guy. But because he happens to be English, he gets sent to the girls' school like at the beginning of the show. 
So what? basically his mom, who is like Michelle's mom's sister, went to London and basically raised him there. But like now they're back and because of the tensions, he would just like mm-hmm. get beat up at the boys' school for being English. Of so course, they sent him course. with Michelle and with the girls. So he's like the only male student in the school. So he becomes a part of the group and he is a dairy girl. Like he is a part of the group and we love, love him. But also, of course, like Michelle teases him constantly, but that's like how she expresses, you know, her love. And he's just like such a sweetie. Like I love him. He's just trying his best. And I can relate to that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's such a nerd about like TV shows and movies. He's totally all into that. So that's also I feel like so cool. So yeah, he's the wee English fella, and we love him. Yay, cute. I like yeah. that. I mean, I I definitely can see the charm of this TV show, but I think that mm-hmm. I'll have to watch it once I'm in the mood for it because I'm normally I watch thrillers, action based. TV shows, mm-hmm. sci-fi, stuff like that. But I definitely watch realism too and high school set TV shows as well. Mm-hmm. Movies. But I just have to be like really in the mood for it. Right now I'm watching Lost, if you know that show. I'm really yeah. actually. And you know, I'm into that kind of a vibe, mystery, sci-fi kind of situation. And I also don't watch comedies that often. I also have to be in the mood for it. And I just remembered actually someone asked me once, like when I told them that I don't watch like comedies that often and the person was like, so what, you don't like to laugh? <laughs> and I was like, my life's a joke. I, I laugh <laughs> often in my life generally. I don't need comedies, you know? There's enough laughter in my life. And also I'm so hilarious that I don't need it. But no, for real though, yeah, I'm just the type of person who has to be in the mood for comedy. So, but that, I'll definitely yeah, yeah. give it a go one day. I will put it on my list. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a sort of TV show that you can watch when you just like need a pick me up because again, mm-hmm. it's 20 minutes. It's very fast and it's just, it gets your mood up basically. So I do want to say something about the pacing because while you know i'm pointing out that it's like a comedy it's all about them getting into like batshit insane situations and then getting out of them and like how the characterization is so fun but that's sort of like what gets you in that's what hooks you in that's what makes you fall in love with those characters and then at the right moment the show just like punches you in the face with something like deep and something sad and something that makes you like think about life and family and friendship and you know the time that they're in and you know we have those like really like heartfelt deep moments of like having like this group who like gets you and is always there for you so you have this like emotional sort of balance where it's not just like funny 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 it's more than that and that's what I also really enjoy about it makes sense yeah okay I love that I think, like, I've said all of it. Oh, 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 Also, the headmaster, Sister Michael, is the most iconic character of this whole show. She, <laughs> I love her. Like, I read some quotes by her, but she's just, like, so sarcastic and so doesn't give a shit. It's, like, hilarious. But, yeah, like, I read some quotes. We have on Sarah. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about her eyebrows. I just think you should be able to compliment a woman's eyebrows without having her personality dragged into it. True. 
Very true. Well, so yeah, like that. Sometimes that's just the way it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Like it's so, especially with girls. I feel like, especially in the high school time, like if you complimented someone, they were all like, "Yeah, but how can you say that about her? She's such a bitch." And like. It doesn't matter if she's a bitch. Like, her eyes are really pretty, for example. You know, what does that have to do with anything, right? <laughs> oh, you'll love out Sarah. You'll get her, I think. Yeah. Okay, and now we have Sister Michael. She's talking to, like, the students. Now, I know how daunting recent examinations can be. So if anyone is feeling anxious or worried, or even if you just want to chat, please, please don't come crying to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. So she's like that and it's just like the funniest character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You can see that. Uh, and then we have James and Michelle. Anyway, it's not like I belong here. I never did. That's not true. You're a dairy girl now, James. Piss off. I'm serious. It doesn't matter that you've got that stupid accent or that your bits are different than my bits. Because being a dairy girl, it's a fucking state of mind. Ah, so cute. I'm sure that cheered him up. Uh, I love that. Yeah. It's a state of mind. I love that. Yeah. Like the show is about like, you know, sticking with your friends and like really accepting them, you know? Love so that. yeah, it's kind of awesome if you just like want this sort of story that's sort of not too heavy, but it, uh, but it also sort of is. And it's also sort of so happy, but also you, you cry sometimes. But it it's still. It's a balance. Yep. And also it is ended and it's got a finale that I feel like was done well. And it also ended at the correct time, you know, because I kind of got the feeling that like the characters started to become a bit of just like starting to become like parodies of themselves you know how it happens sometimes that the show goes on for too long so i feel like mm -hmm. it ended before that could really start happening so i love that's that good. also love the ending cried but it was still great you know it was sort of like a ending that like hits you emotionally but you know it was the right one so yeah so absolutely do not worry it wasn't cancelled there's no cliffhanger and yeah watch it please everyone yay Yay! Thank you for this one. Okay, so the next TV show on my list is the TV show actually that I don't remember that well because it's really been a while since I've seen it. But, you know, I did my notes, I did my research, and I think I'm gonna like rewatch it after I rewatch Lost just because I just forgot so many things. And also, it's so underrated. No one knows about the show. You can find it on Netflix, and it's another science fiction show, of course. And it's kind of a drama and a mystery at the same time, and it's anti apocalyptic in a way. It has three seasons. And so, this is the plot. I'll just read from my notes. So, hundreds can I, of years. Can I know the name about it? Perhaps. Oh, did I not mention it? It's Travelers. No, Travelers. Okay. Thank yeah. Good. Thank Sorry, you. the most important part I forgot to mention. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> so, hundreds of years from now, surviving humans discover how to send consciousness back in time into people of the 21st century while attempting to change the path of humanity. Ooh. Yeah, it's different because it's like a time travel show but you don't have a machine that can send you back in time physically your consciousness mm -hmm. is sent into the human bodies of the people who live right now in the 21st century but you know they have like an ethical codex about it like for example since they're from the future they have data on people mm -hmm. and they know who died on what day at what time 
So they pretty much send the consciousness back into the bodies of people who they know will die at that exact time, right? So they would have died anyway. So it doesn't really matter Uh if they just inhibit their bodies and they live on in their bodies, they use them. Oh, okay. So then, you know, if someone would have like a car accident... They, like, travel, but, like, they don't have the car accident. They just continue, like, walking. They do it, like, they do it right before they die. You know, just exactly right before. Mm. So, for example, a guy, he died in the way that he walked in front of a truck or something. Like, I don't remember exactly, but this Uh is an example. And, you know, the traveler, he came there, like, a second before that happened. So he just kind of stepped back, right? And he didn't die. Like, the body didn't get hurt, damaged. Okay, I get it. Yeah, and but like now, like he's basically possessed. And yes, they cannot basically, okay. and that's like such an interesting thing because they possess these people who have their lives. You know, they have their families, they mm-hmm. have their jobs, and they now have to live as them, right? And their families, they don't even know that it's not them anymore, and it's kind of sad. Fuck yeah! Yes, it's kind of fucked up in that way, and it's kind of sad to watch. You know, them interact with their these family members they don't even know that that's like not their son anymore their sister and stuff that it's a stranger so so like the consciousness is like gone yeah or they're just inside like and like can't do anything no 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 yeah they're actually gone but yeah i mean they do what needs to be done because like at this time somewhere in the 21st century there was like this big i don't know what happened i'm not i mean it's good that i don't remember because i don't want to give you too many details but (laughs) there was a thing that happened that kind of you know destroyed basically the human race and there were just like a few survivors and they're now trying to prevent that right and in the future it's complex because it's not like you can just come to that time when that thing happened and just prevent it you have to do a Mm. series of events you have to do certain things throughout history to just kind of change that in the future right that exact event so that it never happens and it's kind of good because this show is well done in the sense it doesn't have loopholes everything that they do makes sense you know it's very well thought through so you're never like oh that but that doesn't make sense that's so stupid they could have just done that or done no like everything it's explained really well so you just kind of get it and you're like oh "Oh, thank god yeah 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 and it gets really complex at times because you're like well why couldn't they and then like the character he kind of reminds you well because of that net and you're like oh okay right you know so it's kind of good in that sense like i said since they have to prevent it by doing certain stuff they go on these like little missions and they all have Mm -hmm. these units so like one unit is made up of for example eight travelers and they're all specialized they're all trained in certain areas that just make sense for the entire unit i will read what each traveler in this main team can do later the characters they're really well done by the way when they come they're kind of named by their numbers so for example their traveler 34068 you know that's like the name oh i'll have a hard time no, realizing no, no. who you're talking no, they, about i mean they then <laughs> inhabit the body so then they take their identities ah. normal names so this traveler is grant mclaren so he's basically the team leader and he's an fbi agent so he inhabits the body of an ah. fbi agent but he has a bit of a problem because I don't remember again exactly what happened. But when he took the body of the agent, the agent's subconscious kind of stayed inside. Not really his subconscious, but just kind of his memories somehow stayed. So now he's kind of having the problem because he's still he's getting these memories from him. And he actually falls in love with this agent's wife because 
he kind of has a problem separating who he is and who you know this FBI agent was. Gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. I don't remember what was the glitch with him, but yeah, something went wrong in his case. And I think that the way this agent died was that he was shot like on duty. Okay, the next traveler is Mercy Wharton. She's so nice, by the way. I love this one. She's the team's medical specialist. So the woman that was, you know, Mercy, she actually suffered from severe physical brain damage. So she was kind of mentally impaired. You know, I think she couldn't think properly. She needed an assistant, you know, to take care of her, (laughs) stuff like that. So now all of a sudden when this traveler arrives in her body, she can actually speak normally and she doesn't have the mental impairment. So everyone in Mercy's life is kind of shocked. You know, what the fuck happened? Why is she yeah. like, let's say, normal now, you know? And it's kind of weird because when this traveler arrives in Mercy's body, you know, she doesn't understand why everyone is speaking so slow to her, you know, and just being very like yeah. calmer. And she's like, why are you talking to me that way? And people are just like, <gasps> what you know so it kind of has that like kind of comical aspect too because they have to you know understand these bodies and their lives mm-hmm. and it's good it's good and also mercy like she develops a cute romantic relationship with someone and that relationship is like really really cute and it's super adorable yeah okay okay then the next one is carly shannon So she is the team's tactical specialist. She's the one that kicks ass the most. Like the body that she lands in is really thin, skinny, but she can beat anyone's ass. She's super badass. And she's also a single mother. So she has to take care of a child and she has no idea what she's doing. So that's kind of cute. And oh my gosh. But if I remember this correctly, it starts off for her as a burden. You know, she's like, I have to take care of this kid now. Like I have more important things to do. But she actually falls in love with the kid, you know, and she really becomes protective of it. And it's it's adorable. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That must be... Imagine. Imagine yeah. your mom, like got possessed by a fucking demon from the future and now they're raising oh my gosh that sounds fucked up though (laughs) yeah but the child i think the child can notice the difference because it's really young Mm. i think like the kid's a few years old just you know he won't know but still it's sad yeah okay then we have trevor holden so he's the team's technology techno technology technology expert um he's still at school i think it's high school but actually the traveler that possessed his body is the oldest within you know his cell so he's actually really old i think he's like 80 years old this traveler and now he's possessing like a kid from high school (laughs) so that's kind of also funny because trevor by the way the kid he used to be an asshole he used to be a jerk and Mm. now he's possessed Mm -hmm. by this super intelligent adult and the things that this man says, they're so, you know, so like deep and clever. And it's so weird to everyone yeah. around Trevor because his mom, for example, she's used to the jock, you know, she's used to this douche mm-hmm. of a son. He doesn't care about anyone but himself. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden he's talking about Einstein and the world. And, you know, he has these deep quotes and thoughts. And everyone's <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on with you, dude? You know, like, what is wrong with you? Character and- development. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. It's he, he's hilarious, and it just doesn't because, like, when you look at him, he just looks like this jock, like this young man, and the things mm-hmm. he says, it, mm-hmm. it's not compatible with the way he looks. So it's funny. Oh, that is reminding me of the Umbrella Academy. Like, what's his name? Like oh, the five. One. number five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, just that this guy, he's not as sarcastic like Five is, but yeah, for sure, that's <laughs> okay, the vibe. Yeah. This man, he's actually very knowledgeable. He's spiritual and he's really kind. And then we also have Philip Pearson. He is the team's historian. 
And so he basically is important, obviously, since they're in the past, you know, he knows everything. What happens when, what time, what age, everything. He has a photographic memory pretty much, so he's like super smart. Uh But the problem with him is that he actually inhibits the body of a drug addict. (gasps) So yeah, so it seems that certain things were wiped from history. Like, for example, the medical expert, she didn't know that the person she's inhabiting has a mental impairment. And the same goes for this guy. He doesn't know that his, his guy, you know is a drug addict so when he arrives in his body he doesn't understand what the fuck is happening to him why is he sweating so much why does he have this need you know he's just confused and also he doesn't tell anyone he doesn't tell anyone in his team that he's a drug addict but he does drugs secretly because he can't help himself and stuff so yeah it's a problem for sure and of course as a drug addict you know you have those tremors your hands shake and when you have to do shit you know it can be dangerous so it's complicated and yeah it's such a complex show like i said like these characters they have to inhibit these bodies they have to live the lives of these people and it's so well done and they're so well developed Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Can I ask you a question though? Because mm-hmm, you said mm-hmm. that everything is explained and there is no plot holes. So with the woman who has the mental impairment, with the traveler like inhabited her, I would say, the physical and mental problems, I guess, they don't affect the traveler. She can just like think normally and you know function normally. But with the one who is inhabiting a body of a drug addict, in this case, the physical and mental problems, it's still affecting the traveler. Yeah. So how does yeah. that I don't remember. I don't remember how that's explained. I mean, I'm sure, like I said before, like there are no plot holes. Maybe I'm exaggerating here. But what I do remember that everything that they do, you know, to save humanity in that sense, it's like explained well, right? But maybe there are certain plot holes that I don't remember right now. But like just generally, it's really well done in that sense. Okay, cool. Like I sounded really nitpicky right now, but now I'm not being like, no, 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 of course. Just like honestly interesting because it seems like it would have some sort of interesting explanation. I mean, it it says here just that her being taken over by a traveler has negated the effect somewhat of her condition. I don't know. I think like that the traveler that inhabits her, so the medical specialist, she has kind of theories about it. But I don't remember what those theories are. You'll just have to watch it, I guess. (laughs) Sure. Okay, cool. Yep. And there's always something going on. There's always a lot of action. You're always at the edge of your seat and shit. So it's definitely interesting. I think I've, I think I watched it really fast. I finished it really fast. And it has three seasons. It has a proper ending. Mm-hmm. It wasn't canceled. It doesn't end on a cliffhanger. So thank God. And now I guess I'll just read a few quotes from it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So one of them is from the FBI agent. He says, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to know what makes us who we are. But I got to figure it's more than just the sum of what we remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's thought-provoking, for sure. Yeah, it is. I feel like memories definitely do make us who we are. But yeah, I also have to believe that if you forget everything that, I don't know, there's a part of you that still is the same person, right? Your personality doesn't just go away. Yeah, right. And yeah, so so much to think about, actually, yeah. Okay, and then Trevor. So he's the old guy in the young body. He has a conversation with his friend and he says, you know, most belief systems are just a shared vocabulary for people in search of meaning. I think maybe the important thing is to just believe in something. Then she says, you mean something spiritual? He says, something. I don't believe in anything. Yeah, you do. You believe in humanity. You believe that our future is at stake. And then she says, that's not spiritual. And he says, yeah, it is. 
Okay, if a guy who bullied me two weeks ago started saying shit like that, I would be like, the fuck? Is, is he on drugs? Like, what's going on? What's going on? What did you take? And can I have some? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, like it's so hilarious when he starts speaking like this. It doesn't match up at all. But yeah, okay, that's it for Travelers. I highly recommend it. It's such an interesting, fun sci-fi time travel show. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've never watched a time travel show or a movie where like the subconscious is transferred instead of the body. So that's pretty neat. I think my parents might have watched it and like told me about it because it sounds so familiar, but I'm not sure. Ask them. We'll be checking it out. Thank you. Yay. Okay. I think it's time for my final TV show. The last one that I wish to recommend that I truly believe is so underrated. But I also, I had to really question for a while if I wanted to talk about it in this episode or not and that is because it's actually from about a decade ago like it aired in 2013 and that's when I first watched it and all that I remember from it was basically that it fucked me up oh I was just fucking devastated like when it ended I was crying, like I was a mess and then it never came back and then it ended on a cliffhanger and then oh, it's... No. Exactly. So like, you know, there was just like this dilemma because it definitely is underrated and definitely deserves more attention, but also I will be giving people emotional damage if I talk <laughs> about it. So I went back and I actually rewatched it all in the preparation for this episode because yeah like I just wasn't sure if what I'm remembering is correct maybe it's not as good maybe it's not as dramatic whatever but actually now 10 years later I would say that yes it's good it's a good show and sure it does end on a bit of a cliffhanger but it's actually not as bad as I remember there's actually some conclusions and some answers but there's definitely like a hint for more that we never god ah! <laughs> that's like that's definitely you know something to keep in mind if you watch it but i feel like it's still worth it and it's still sort of topical and it still says something that's still important right now so i do recommend it and it's also like pretty short it's just like something you can watch quite quickly and i would suggest that people give it a shot but yeah it's called in the flesh and we're back into the sci-fi now. I mean, you were Yay. in the sci-fi the whole time, but now here yeah. we're back with you. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Yay. Okay, cool. And it's actually like a BBC drama that aired for two seasons in 2013, 2014. It's got nine episodes. They're all about like one hour long. So it's really not that huge undertaking to watch it. But yeah, it's basically about a zombie post-post-apocalypse, sort of. It's got zombies in it. Yeah, so in that world that In the Flesh is set in, basically the zombie apocalypse has happened. Like the dead rose from the graves, from the ground that attacked people. 
that's like what happened that was the reality so you know people everywhere around the planet had to live with this the whole society was disrupted people had to live in like completely different way but now it's been a few years and the scientists actually found a cure for the zombies so they actually like found a way to control it, control this disease. The zombies have been given this medicine that basically turns them back into more or less normal humans. So now they're like coming back to like normal lives. Uh, the whole society is sort of returning more or less back to normal from like a few years of total like chaos and disruption. Sure. Exactly, right? Can't imagine. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I was watching this and thinking how absolutely surreal it is to watch it in the wake of the global panoramic that happened a few years ago. That's true. I swear to you, it was a bit surreal to watch it because of how prophetic it was in regards to how society would act to like a big sort of disruption and a change of lives i mean obviously we didn't have zombies in our reality <laughs> thankfully i know right yeah <laughs> but still like back when i was watching it as a 15 year old my sweet naive little self like i wasn't thinking that one day i would watch it and think that standing in like a huge line in a government building waiting to like get this medicine that will allow <laughs> me to reintegrate back into normal human society would be relatable. Yeah. But here I am. And it is. And that's that's our timeline. <laughs> Actually, when I was like a bit younger, I don't know how old, but I always imagined it would be like this or even worse. I was very pessimistic about society. And I like imagined once the um, ice melts in the Arctic, you know, all these viruses that were trapped in there would come back and they would kill us and we would all be fighting like animals for toilet paper and shit. And that's exactly what happened. So I'm a prophet. But yeah, no, I can see that because I watched a lot of, you know, movies and TV shows that were also like a mm -hmm. pandemic kind of a way and they were filmed before yeah. Corona and I was like, well, shit, they nailed it, you know? Okay, yeah. And also the night's still young, the ice is still melting. So we're up for a good time. <laughs> in the next for, sure. Days, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I guess it has like some of those elements that you would love from the other shows that you watched in like the similar sort of themes you know it's very interesting how people in this show like created a bunch of insane conspiracy theories about why the zombies are here and like what is sort of what does jesus wants us to do with those zombies and like people don't believe science and people don't believe doctors and there's politicians who are using all of those instability for their own gain and people like don't trust each other they don't trust their friends they don't trust their neighbors there's also people who like want to pretend that nothing bad has happened and they were all like exactly back to normal and nothing is wrong. So it's so interesting because you can draw so many parallels to just like what exists now on our planet. It's so good. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I love that. But of course, you know, it's got that added element of zombies <laughs> to it. And, a little detail you know of course just like a bit of smidge of a difference 
So, you know, if you want some action moments, some scary moments, there are some. I would say not a lot, but there are like some if you're looking for that. And yeah, and zombies actually in this universe, in this setting, they have actually like crawled from the ground. Like there were people who have died already and then came back. Oh. So yeah, you really have to take a second to take that in. I feel like because if you actually think realistically about it, that's such a mindfuck. Because that's like someone's loved one who they're mourning that person. They said goodbye to that person. They think they Mm -hmm. will never see them again. And then like a week later, they're walking around fucking killing everyone and eating brains. Yeah, that is a mindfuck, yeah. Yeah, like I saved the show for last because I have two shows that are really, really like cute, very sweet, very like uplifting. I still cried while rewatching and researching them. But like I saved for last like one show that's fucking dark and deep and quite like a hard watch at times because mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. realistic approach to this sci-fi staple. Mm-hmm. That just like really makes you think. And of course, besides, you know, the living, that is also an even bigger mindfuck for these zombies themselves. Because, you know, you're not in control. You don't want to be doing those things. You're in a feral state and you've been dead. And then you're, you're just given this medicine and you're being told that this is a disease. Like you have partially deceased syndrome. So like you're a uh-huh. PDS sufferer. That's okay. like what they're called zombies. Like it's a bad word now. This sounds more sciencey and more manageable. And you just somehow have to accept that you did those things that were horrible when you weren't in control of yourself. And now you have to like go back and live your normal life. And your loved ones, you know, they mourned you. They thought you were dead. They like said goodbye to you. And maybe something bad and traumatic has happened to you because you died. And now you're back. You might have hurt someone that you loved while you weren't controlling yourself. But now like your family just like has to like accept you. And you have to somehow go back to normal. And that's like, that's what the show is about. It's not too actiony. It's not too scary. It's more about those like, big questions and about those character journeys where you know those characters really have to like accept themselves and who they are and everything that they've done and somehow like handle that and manage that how long were they zombies you know how long was this pandemic so the rising happened in 2009 and the show has aired in 2013 so like the year that it's happening now is never said but like it's assumed that it's probably 2013 Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's a long time to be a zombie that eats brains and kills people. Yeah, for sure. Trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of the reality for our main character, who's named Kieran Walker. And he was a zombie in this rising. And now he's back. He's got a cure and he's returning back to his family. But yeah, he was 18 when he died. And I will not go too much into his backstory, but like you can imagine, like dying at 18, like something fucked up must have happened yeah. to him. 
Mm. And then to return and to do stuff that you would never, ever, ever do if you could control yourself is fucked up. So that's like his reality. And he also has a little sister who was 14 when he died. And when the rising happened, she actually like joined the human volunteer force who like fought back and like she killed people like him essentially throughout the rising. Yeah, and now her brother is a zombie and he's back and they have to like coexist together and yeah it's a lot it's a lot but yeah i would say that it's still so good and so well written and kieran is such a good character i love him so much you know because the living the humans whatever they want zombies to just act like nothing bad has happened, to just like repress this trauma and say like, okay, that wasn't me. I've moved on now. Like, let's go back to normal oh, society. That's unrealistic and stupid. Exactly. But what could we expect from societies? Okay, no. Sure. And then we have zombies or PDS sufferers. And some of them believe that actually everything they did is justified because they were all fighting for survival, right? It was a war. The living killed the dead too. So they had to do what they had to do to survive. And there's nothing shameful or bad about that. And now they're better. So why look back on it? You know, so that's how some zombies think. Or some even think like now we're better than humans because we don't fear death. Like we can't get killed. We're immortal. So that's also like a philosophy that some Mm -hmm. have, you know, they're even better. Like they're superhuman, basically. Yeah. But when they got the cure, did any of that stick with them? Like, for example, they still can't be killed. They're still very hard to kill. They're still stronger or something like that. Does anything stick or are they normal Um, now? So basically, I think that the only way you can kill a zombie is by, like, shooting them in the head or, like, beheading them. So Mm -hmm. that's, like, the way to stop them or maybe, like, burning, you know? So, like, those sort of, like, really extreme ways you can kill a zombie. But otherwise, they don't feel anything and they can't, like, yeah, they can't, like, be hurt or be killed. Like, if you just, like, stab them in the stomach or something, they won't feel it and it won't affect them at all. But Mm -hmm. that also means that they can't actually feel, you know, touch or cold or warmth or anything they can't eat they can't drink their bodies can't handle that so this all still stays even with the cure like the cure solves like the mental problems but they're still like inside of their dead bodies essentially oh shit right yeah and their appearance is different too like their faces are like super super pale basically like how i look in the mornings but a little bit worse Uh, their eyes don't look like normal human eyes they like white with like a little bit of veins like dark veins inside them or something like that oh okay Uh, okay. yeah so the appearance is like really scary and very different and that is again also a reason why many people in society are still scared of them even though they're like cured there's still like such a stigma Yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah i mean people always fear things that are different right Exactly. So there's also this growing sentiment that, you know, a rotter is a rotter. Like they call zombies rotters. And uh-huh, uh-huh. They're always, you know, you can give them medicine, but they're still monsters and nothing can fix them. So there's people who believe like they still need to be hunted and they have no place in our society. And 
that's like a big sentiment in Rorton, which is where Kieran is from and where he moves back to, to his family. So yeah, like that society in this village is like really not open-minded and not accepting. And yeah, he has to deal with that. I mean, they didn't like him even before. They didn't like him when he was alive. And now there's this, this added level of stigma. And I feel like the show like is handling those themes so well because the whole zombie thing, it's reminiscent of other ways you can be stigmatized in our society and ostracized in our society. And it's like using this metaphor to like really explore those sort of themes and like what happens to people when they're when they're different and when they're in a society that's not accepting of those differences and how to handle that and how to accept yourself even though you're different and you will always be different so that's like a huge story for Kieran because he still has a lot to accept about himself and his trauma since before he even died to realizing that he will always be different from the living maybe even different from other zombies and that's good and that's fine and you have to like you know love yourself the way that you are so a big part of the show is is this this character journey and of course like the show is heavy and it's a lot and i cried a lot but also i feel like the message is positive and the Mm -hmm. message is kind and i don't want to like just like make people think that it's all depressing because it's not there's some funny moments and there's some growth for the characters and there's some like hope in it as well that's so nice. yeah, that's what I love about it. But I don't want to go too much into Kieran's backstory. But maybe I will mention also his best friend, Amy Dyer. So she actually is also a zombie, but she's quite different from Kieran in that she sort of accepts herself for who she is and she. She kind of understands that what happened happened when she wasn't in control. Exactly. I like that. I feel like if I were in that situation, I would think like that too, you know? But the thing is that you still have those memories so they can still traumatize you. But it's important to be aware mm-hmm. that that wasn't really you. If you were you, you wouldn't have done anything like that ever. Of course. Yeah. So I'm so glad that Kieran has someone like that in his life because that's exactly what she's like. She's mm-hmm. just really understanding that you know, there's no point worrying about things that she can't control. And she also does not give a fuck about what anyone is saying about her, about anyone judging her. You know, she walks around without any makeup, without contacts, because they're all like given makeup and contacts to make them look more normal. Oh, but she doesn't right. do that. I love that. She really accepts herself. She does. Yeah. And like, yeah, she doesn't give a shit. She's just like looking at it as an opportunity to like have a, another chance at life to have another chance at life because yeah like basically she had leukemia and she died really young and now she's been given this chance to actually enjoy herself and do all the things that she couldn't do before and Aww. so she has this really positive outlook and she's such like a joyful happy person and she brings a lot of that sort of positivity to the show so love her already Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. So I'm glad that we have her to sort of bring Karen out of that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we also have 
Jem, who is Kieran's sister, who's, you know, his little sister, but now she's the same age as him when he died. And she's also such like a complex and interesting character because she also like had a fucked up life. Her brother died and then zombies arrived and then she basically fought them. And she still like really struggles to accept everything that she's done in the past and whether that's right, whether that's wrong. Like, is whoever returning back into her home, is it really her brother? Did he, like, change now completely? Can she accept him? So, like, their relationship is also really good and has, like, a good progression. Mm -hmm. And I also really like her as a character, even though, of course, something she's done, I absolutely don't agree with. But it's good that we have those characters that are really complex and interesting so yeah she's kind of great and yeah i think that's what i want to say about season one and season one is three episodes so it's not like too much to handle you can watch it pretty easily and get all the rest of the backstories and the characters and for season two i would say that we get another major character and he is the love interest. His name is Simon Monroe. And he's also, obviously, he also has a traumatic backstory because who doesn't on the show? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like he arrives into the town because he's sort of researching what's different and special about zombies from there. Again, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's something about this place specifically that stands out. And there's sort of like a cult of zombies, you know, that believe that they're like better than everyone else because they're immortal and all of that. But bitch, if you're being treated this shittily by society and the politicians and everything, like, of course, some people will like go into like this, like dark corners and being cults and whatever. So yeah, like that's realistic. So, you know, his sort of beliefs and Kieran's beliefs, like they don't always match, but All that I will reveal is that Simon would throw all of it away if it meant keeping him safe and that relationship. So, but I, oh my gosh, the ending was so, okay. I don't want to say too much, but I definitely wish we could have gotten more with this story and those characters because it was dramatic. The ending, that's all I wish to say. But yeah, definitely a show I recommend. Nice. I think, again, like with Dairy Girls, I I have to watch it when I'm in the mood because it's a bit heavy. I have watched heavy shows in the past, but usually, I mean, I feel like every show I'm recommending right now is heavy. But the thing is that they're like also (laughs) very action paced and stuff. They're heavy paced in that way. And this one seems a bit Mm -hmm. more just like about self-discovery and, you know, kind of getting back Mm -hmm. into your routine that you had before you died in a way. But I like this premise that it's after, you know, that it's not while they were turning into zombies, that it's actually when they got the cure and stuff. That's so different yeah so that sounds really cool and yeah that they have to deal with this that they're back like to their previous selves that's really interesting yeah that's like a concept that i haven't like seen being done before you know so same such a different take and so unique and so interesting but you bring up a good point i feel like if there's like something i would fault this show for is the pacing like yeah it's meant to be a bit slower it's meant to be a bit more serious but I would say that still like some storylines do drag on some storylines aren't like that important and we're giving like way too much screen time so definitely this 
show could have have some improvements, but also like I can't fault it too much because like you can tell that the budget wasn't sky high. This is like the first project by this creator, basically. So like as a first show ever, it's still like very solid and it's still like, very good. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. why I first recommend it. Well, yeah, I mean, if you put that context there, then of course I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Well, nice. Thank you for this. Is that everything you have oh. to say about the show or? Oh, I can. I don't have a lot of quotes, but I can just do a couple. If do that. Yeah. With that. So... Of course. Okay. So this is what Amy says to Kieran. How many layers of cover-up mousse did you put on this morning? Do you think if you go to a different country, you'll be able to take off one of those layers? How many miles will you have to travel to be able to take it all off, Kieran Walker? Oh, that's a good point, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. senseless. Just be yourself, man. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this quote by the end. Amy once asked me, how many miles would I have to go before I could be okay with myself? I thought I'd have to go around the whole world. I don't think that anymore. I'm okay here. Ah, I love that. He finally came to that place where he just accepts. Yeah, I I love love that. that. And also, like, one about the relationship. Tell me what you want. I'll do anything I can to give it to you. Because there's what I believe in, and then there's you. Cute. That's so sweet. Yeah. Okay, and by the way, the soundtrack has songs by one of my favorite songwriters of all time, and it fits the atmosphere and the vibe so good. So just a tiny note for the soundtrack. That's all I want to mention, and that's it. Nice. Love that. We love a good soundtrack. Okay, so now I have my last TV show. I actually wanted to have five but then this episode would be like way too long i mean it's already pretty long but i think i'm gonna use the other one we're probably gonna do futuristic tv shows so that one can be put there okay so for my last pick i chose so the name of the show is like actually a date and i don't know how to actually say it so i'm just gonna (laughs) say it like it's written 11.22.63 so basically 22nd of november 1963 Mm -hmm. it's a sci-fi thriller also historical and it's a mini series the main actor is actually james franco and he does a really good job in this role he's really good and it's based on a stephen king novel anya actually has watched the show too already so if you have anything to add feel free please okay so it basically revolves around jake epping He's a teacher that gets a chance to travel back in time to avert the death of John Kennedy, JFK. However, history in a way fights back because like it doesn't allow Jake to change shit. You know, what happened, happened. And also his love for the era and a woman that he loves endanger him as well. Mm. So, yeah, it's really a pretty story and it's an interesting way of also again presenting time travel i'm not going to go too into detail there but the thing is that when he goes back in time he can't leave he has to stay there and the only time period that he can go back to i mean the only year is 1960 
And the thing is that the assassination happens in 1963. So that pretty much means that if he wants to prevent that, he has to stay there for three years so that that shit doesn't happen. He has to live there. He has to Mm -hmm. get alive. And yeah, that's of course complicated. Like he gets emotionally attached to certain people. He meets so many amazing people. It's so good. The characters are really nice. And the woman that he falls in love with, her name is Sadie. She's so adorable. She's such a sweetheart, mm-hmm. such a kind-hearted person. And she also has like a difficult, you know, past. She was like in a situation that just wasn't good for her because, of course, women of the time. I mean, even today, you could argue it's still not the way it should be in regards to equality, but yeah. we're not going to yeah. get into that. So, yeah, she's faced some difficulties in her life. And there's also another female character that we meet. She's actually a woman of color as well. Who lives at the time and she works at this school where jake teaches at and she's the only black woman i think that actually works there so she also faces a uh-huh. lot of shit she has to deal with there and the thing for jake it's difficult because he comes from the year 2016 right so he's not yeah. used to that he doesn't want to deal with that so he's very outspoken he defends people that he feels like defending and it's really good that he sticks up for them but at the same time he can't really do anything it just you just have to allow time to you know happen i guess but of course it's difficult to see something like that and to watch that and to live that like i can't Mm -hmm. imagine going back in time and have to live with that biased shit you know i mean discrimination and shit in that kind of an like obvious way and no one actually does anything about it it's like normal it's supposed to be normal yeah it's fucked up but then also if you interfere too much like maybe you could bring even more shit to that person you know for sticking up for them you can make everything worse Mm -hmm. So it's a difficult situation mm-hmm. he's put in, but yeah, he eventually does decide to go back and to try to change it. And he also like tries to change something that happens to someone that he knows in the present time. He tries to make that person's life better by getting involved in a family situation. And it's also really complicated because like it almost backfires a lot of the times. But yeah, I'm not going to go too into detail there. But at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. this show has it all. It has action. It has romance. It has really cool characters. Jake he's also kind of a morally gray character because you don't always agree with him and with his decisions Mm -hmm. at the same time he's put in such a difficult position that you can't really hate him for it either right and oh my gosh it has one of the best endings I mean it's such a bittersweet ending I feel like I actually read a comment on YouTube under the trailer basically this person said there is no strong man who can endure the end of this series without crying because right i mean i cried so hard when i watched this i was sobbing it just hit me in the gut but at the same time it's not necessarily a sad ending you know it's not it's bittersweet like Mm -hmm. i said it's sad and it's happy in a way too it's difficult but in anyways it just has it all it's super interesting and also the time period at the time like if we don't think about the inequality and all of that shit it's really you know aesthetically pleasing you know the outfits the music the vibe the cars oh my gosh the cars are beautiful (laughs) right oh those classical cars that's like the first thing i texted you about it i was like bitch why don't we make cars that look like that anymore i mean i get that those like are difficult to drive now and dangerous to drive so why car manufacturers that are watching this show as i know you are Make cars <laughs> that look like 1960 cars, but have modern hardware in them. Please, what's stopping you? I would buy. I'm one. sure. I'm sure those cars exist too. 
Anya, I'm sure those cars exist too, but we're just like not car people. We, we're, I'm not, the, I'm not a car person. You know, I'm not the type of girl who, I don't know, a BMW drives by and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that BMW, it's so beautiful. Like, I'm not nope. that type of person, but still, I did notice the cars in this show because they're just so nice. And yeah, the first car that we see when he arrives to 1960 is so beautiful. And like, guys, if you watch the show, you'll understand. If you're a girl, you'll especially understand. But if you're a guy, you'll also understand why a girl might like that car, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good um and yeah like it's a mini series like i mentioned before so obviously it just has one season and it ends properly you know there's no questions there and like i said before it's also based on a stephen king novel and stephen king he has some pretty good novels he's a really good writer mm-hmm. and of course books are usually always better than the tv show than the movie and in this case it's the same people say that the book is even better but i don't think i want to read it just because this ending (laughs) kind of destroyed me a little bit you know so i'm not sure if i want to experience that again oh i get that or maybe like in a few years when it's kind of faded and you can like handle it again (laughs) or something exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and yeah it's so cool when you know he tracks with what was jfk's killer what's oswald right oswald yeah yeah Yeah. he you know he's i mean no one really knows if it was oswald but he's the supposed killer of jfk and he tracks him the first time he comes back from russia to the states and he kind of follows him around he knows exactly everything that's going to happen because he's actually a history teacher so he knows shit (laughs) and he has like all of this research done he knows Mm -hmm. when to be where what apartment he should move to I mean, he actually interacts with Oswald too. So it's just such a mind fuck. And when you come to that part, like that date when the assassination happens and like when you watch it unfold and everything that happens, you're at the edge of your seat. Like it's so good. Yes. So dramatic. So good. And when I watched the trailer, by the way, watch the trailer if you want to get hyped about it because it's a good trailer, I think. And the comments under the trailer, they're like, why does no one know this show? Why did I not find the show sooner? (laughs) It's so good. And I'm just like, I don't know, because we live in like such an age where there's so much media produced that the hype shows just get Mm -hmm. so hyped that like these good shows, they just get drowned in the background. They're just nowhere to be found. And it's so sad. It makes me so sad. That's why this episode is so important. And hopefully a lot of people are listening to it. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah oh my gosh if you're sticking it to the end of this one like uh, kudos to you let us know it's long. if you do it yeah yeah, yeah. and now and you're legally obligated to watch the shows i believe um way to get out of that sorry um yeah, so just to us after that. <laughs> you can do it like you can do it in whatever order you want like just make a list and you know watch whichever is your favorite first and then the last it doesn't matter what order just watch all mm-hmm. of them that's like the just start with part. my one, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, or mine. But yeah, I'm really glad that like we really picked different shows. I feel like I, you mm-hmm. know, picked two time travel shows. And you picked like Dairy Girls, for example. It's like such a realistic comedy mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's very diverse. I think anyone can find like anything they want to watch on this yeah. list of ours. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, some are historical, you know, some are more magical, some are more time traveling. So I love that we have those little parallels. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, mine are like about death a lot. I don't know why that happened, but <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah. You're just, yeah, <laughs> dark person. <laughs> okay. And now I just have three quotes that I want to read from this show. And then I guess this hey. is it for this episode. So. Mm-hmm. When you refuse to tell people the truth, Mr. Amberson, you deny them their dignity. And for some of us, dignity matters. 
And this it's... is actually a quote from Mia Mimi. So this is the black woman. And of course, like, especially for her dignity matters. That's like, at that time, it's all that she has that she possessed. And mm-hmm. also, this kind of reminds me, you know, when we've talked about the books, how we hated when the characters don't tell that our characters should in order to protect them. And that's exactly yeah. this, right? Like, no. Okay, another one. This is from Jake. I'm here because I love everything about you. No matter what happened to you or what will happen to you, it's not all bad. Because the person standing in front of me is a wonder. You are a wonder. He says that to Sadie. They're so cute. Okay, and now the last quote. This one is by Sadie. We did Mm -hmm. not ask for this room or this music. We were invited in. Therefore, because the dark surrounds us, let us turn our faces to the light. Let us endure hardship to be grateful for plenty. We have been given pain to be astounded by joy. We have been given life to deny death. We did not ask for this room or this music, but because we are here, let us dance. Oh my gosh. This one hits me in the heart. So good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's not talk too Mm -hmm. much about it. Otherwise, we're going to cry. But (laughs) yeah, this episode is long enough, so I'll not talk too much anymore. Just... You know, hopefully you liked it. Let us know if you did. Let us know if you'll watch the shows or if you already have, what your thoughts are. Do you agree with us? Do you not agree with us? Follow us on social media. We are More Than Fiction Pod. And yeah, that's it for today. Yeah. And if you have any TV show recommendations, give us them on Spotify in the little thingy. And we will hear from you next week when we'll be discussing Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo. Woo! Yes, excited for that one for sure. Cool. Okay, thank you guys. See you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.